Welcome to the Speak Pack Podcast, where high-performing speakers and the producers who hire them merge to give you the insider secrets to the lucrative speaking industry. Antonia Rose, your podcast host and celebrated speaker agent, unveils insider success strategies. Discover a nexus of thought leaders and bookers maximizing your potential in each and every episode. Your ticket to ultimate speaking success begins right here. Catch the transformative insights waiting for you on the Speak Packed podcast, hosted by the industry powerhouse herself, Antoniette Rose. Welcome, welcome back to the Speak Pack show. Super excited about the guest that I'm bringing you today. I've had the incredible privilege of working with her in the past, and she is the master when it comes to branding yourself through PR and through media. Gloria Chow, welcome to Speak Pact. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to get into it. Well, I love your devotion to doing PR right, right? There's a lot of things that we think we can do um, when it comes to pitching media, getting our getting our name and our brand out there, but you really have a different approach and you've devoted your whole career to it. So I'd like to just kind of dive into that. What got you interested in PR in the first place? You know, if anyone is thinking of a career shift, this episode is for you because I actually, I did not ever work in a traditional PR environment. So I never worked at an agency, a marketing agency. I actually was in government and it was like golden handcuffs, right? I was a diplomat. I had the security clearance. I had, you know, the, all the travel, but it just wasn't for me. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to make a bigger impact. So I left government service and I w- always wanted to see people win. I loved referring people. I'm always that woman who's always like hyping all my friends up. And so I wanted to work in PR because what better feeling than to see someone get featured? I applied for probably like a thousand PR jobs. Couldn't get a single one because they wanted very cookie cutter PR agency experience, which I didn't have. And so I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to do it on my own. So I started getting really tiny unknown clients, you know, in in the finance world, um, in the tech world, and they're just building their product. And I started cold calling the operator at the New York Times, at CNBC, at Wall Street Journal. By the way, I don't know any journalists, right? I had no connections. And I started just doing my cold pitch. So from cold calling thousands of times, getting rejected thousands of times, I came up with a framework that makes PR accessible for the everyday business owner, the entrepreneur who does not have PR experience. And I've taught thousands of entrepreneurs how they can cold pitch, yes, cold pitch works, how they can cold pitch and get featured in the world's top magazines and podcasts without needing to pay to play or needing to hire an agency. Love that. Love your spirit. It's tenacious and it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, right? Because I'm sure... Would just give me an idea, like for how many calls were dead ends before you got one person who actually gave you the time of day? I would spend hours just redialing that phone, just trying to like perfect my elevator pitch. Or during lunchtime when they swap shifts, I'm like, oh, good. And now I'm going to get someone else who doesn't know that I've been like pestering them the whole morning. So I'm talking like thousands of calls and thousands of emails. And I think through through the fact that I just didn't have any way in, I was always an outsider. I started to pick up on what journalists liked. Like, how can you position your message in a way that the journalist is like, hmm, tell me more instead of just 
you know, hang up the phone. And that's what we all need to learn because no one is a better advocate for ourselves than ourselves, right? Even if you hire someone else to pitch for you, they're not going to care and understand about your story, your expertise, your customers, your insight. So that's why as entrepreneurs, as thought leaders, we need to hone in on the skill. We need to know how to pitch. We need to know how to drive specificity and relevance in our message. We need to know how to get someone to say yes on the other side of the send button. And that's really what I teach in my CPR framework, which we can get into a little bit. Yeah, excellent. And you know what? I love that you are an award-winning PR coach because you didn't come with any leg up, right? You actually did it totally raw, maybe not even formal training in and even what to do. You just did it. You've learned the real way, the organic way, what worked, what didn't work, and now you help others understand the same. So that is absolutely beautiful. And I do, I do. Um, so as you know, I'm a speaker agent, and when I get a speaker who is willing to do w- what they can do on their side, along with my pitching and what I'm doing, they go that much further faster, right? Those who kind of just sit back and yeah, just tell me when to get on the stage. I generally don't even accept uh, representing that kind of a spirit of a person. Nothing wrong with it. It's just a different kind of vibe, a different kind of agency that they're looking for. But you're absolutely right. As much as I could understand them and pitch them and be passionate about the message and what they bring to the table, it's never going to be like you doing it for you. And so if we're both out there doing it, double the duty, right? And double the double the power. Yeah, exactly. What you said. And the confidence too, the confidence that it builds, that it creates. I think one of the the distinctions we must make is that we're all great marketers, right? We know how to sell. We know who our services are for. We know who we serve. But in order to get featured in the media, you need to do that work of translating your marketing pitch into one that is newsworthy. So I'm talking about relevancy. I'm talking about pitching a story that's related to the seasons and not so much about yourself. I'll give you an example. We have a a dermatologist who makes a, a, a sunblock. Uh, lotion. And so his whole thing is like, you know, skin cancer awareness. Like, you know, you would think that summertime is the only time that he would be pitching, but no, he used my methods and he pitches all year round about skincare topics. So for example, he even pitched and got on a feature on everyday health for a Halloween story about how Halloween candy is wreaking havoc on your skin. Mm. So do you see how when you shift your perspective, there's a blue ocean of opportunities open for you, but you just have to step into that. Because normally we would not think about Halloween candy or Halloween as like a skincare pitch, but he made it happen and he got featured. Ah, perfect. And he's so right. But yes, so at, at w- the strength of PR is that third-party validation, right? That, uh, that authority-building piece. Same with if somebody represents you and is out there pitching you. It's that other person and over and above yourself saying, hey, I'm worth looking at. I'm worth listening to. What I love about what you do, Gloria, is you have a very untraditional approach and now very proven approach to PR. How do you differ from maybe the average kind of PR agency out there? So we're not an agency at all. So we teach you the tools. We give you, PR is really simple. Don't let the agencies who charge $10,000 a month tell you it's not. It's really just writing a pitch and sending it out. And if you have a list of people who have been writing about your industry, whether it's healthcare, whether it's fitness, 
then all you have to do is write a pitch and send it out. And so that's what we have in our program, our PR program that, that you're in. And it's really about knowing how to write a pitch. I have a framework for that called the CPR method. And then we have a media list. And then you create a system where you send a pitch, follow up, and it's a system that is not emotional. It's not like, oh my God, like I don't feel like doing it. It just becomes like every other system in your business. And that drives consistent organic visibility, traffic, awareness, and profitability for your business. That was really what attracted me to you to begin with, to even reach out and have any part in what you offer because I operate very similarly. So there's, there's agencies and then there's equippers, right? And, um, and there's power in both, but I really liked your approach in that you're equipping me, you're giving me, you're empowering me, equipping me. Uh, you're doing some great legwork. You obviously have, um, your consulting is invaluable because you've done it. You're, it's not just a class you took and you're kind of shooting around in the dark and with speaker agencies, I think it's really similar in that you can hire somebody who does it everything for you, but that's not as much power and effectiveness when somebody's doing it alongside you. They're guiding you. They're giving you the tools and resources that you need. And um, you're not an agency going out and looking for opportunities for me or for my clients, but you're putting me in front of the faces of media representatives, which I absolutely loved those sessions because those are always so much fun. You bring in great, great people. Um, you've been featured in Forbes. I mean, your work is obviously getting traction and, and turning heads. So how do, other than kind of dialing, 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 how do you land top tier media, even if you're in an early stage? maybe not a recognized name. Yeah, so it's, it's really two things. It's knowing how to write a pitch and knowing who to send it to. So in terms of who to send it to, we have a database, obviously, but you can start to kind of go at it on your own. If you install a Google News Alert, it's free, you type in Google News Alert in the search bar, it will give you all the different articles that's digital that's being published on your industry. And so all you have to do is copy and paste the name of the journalist into like an Excel sheet and you can start populating your own journalist media list. Here's a tip about connecting with journalists. You can find them on LinkedIn, you can find them on Twitter, um, you, you can follow a hashtag, journal requests, which is all the, all the journalists asking for a story that day, asking for someone to interview. You can also sign up for HARO, which stands for Help a Reporter Out. You can sign up as a source and you will see every day all the journalists looking to interview different people from all walks of life. Those are all the grassroots way you can start to compile your your, your media journalist list. And here's another tip. You don't never want to send your pitch to a info at or PR at, right? You want to send it to a specific writer who's covering your beat, meaning are they right? Are they a health writer? Are they a fitness writer? Are they a trend and design writer? You don't want to send it to the editor in chief because they are not reading your emails. They're doing, they're busy doing their own book tours or something, right? So be specific in who you're reaching out to. So that's the media list part of it, who to send it to. Now, Let's talk about what to write. So a lot of people don't know how to write a pitch. It's fine. It's not something we were ever taught. And a lot of times you're just, you know how to write in a salesy way, right? Like buy my product, like use my service. Here's who I help. Here's the testimonials. Here, my CPR method that stands for credibility, point of view, and relevance. And you can watch my masterclass at gloriachowpr.com slash masterclass where we go much more deep into it. But basically your pitch needs to be optimized for a journalist. And journalists want to know what's relevant. They want to know what are the trends, what consumers are talking about. They don't want to know the benefits and features of your program. 
You're not selling to the journalist. So instead, what you're doing is you're taking a step back and you're translating your sales pitch into one that is about the story, the insight, or the trend. So here's an example. The dermatologist could have said, hey, I have a thriving practice in Dallas and I am the founder of X, Y, and Z and here's what we're doing and Skin Cancer Awareness Month is here. So here's how much my product costs, right? That is a sales salesy uh, pitch that a journalist is not going to want to pick up. They're going to say, okay, well, we have an ads department. I can give you their number. Why don't you go pay for an ad? So if you want the journalist to see you as an expert, you need to have a point of view. So let's translate that pitch. So instead of saying that he's you know, from Dallas and he has a thriving practice and he has this, 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 it's all about, hey, as summer approaches, did you know that one in three Americans will be diagnosed with some kind of skin abnormality? And it's so easy for us to just you do these three things before our beach day to minimize our sun risk. One, two, and three. I can be reached on you know, this phone number. I am a certified dermatologist and I'm also uh, an advocate for skin cancer awareness. Here's how I can be found. Do you see how the, the tone of the two messages are very different? Mm-hmm. Yes. Love it. Basically, it's all about them versus who they're speaking to. So it's like, ah, yeah, I can see how I would use that I'm interested in this person versus getting kind of a resume um, from someone which they probably receive exactly. hundreds, hundreds a day. Yeah. So, what do, do these media professionals prefer hearing from a PR rep or you directly? I mean, think about it, right? If if you're a journalist and you want to write the story, why are we putting another level of friction? Like, let's remove that. They want to talk to you, the expert. Because they're not going to write a story by talking to the PR rep. That's not a story. So if they need to talk to you anyways, why not just remove that middle layer and let's let's give ourselves back the key. We hold the key to the media. We hold the power. It's just about knowing how to write a pitch using the CPR method. You need to have a credibility piece, a point of view, which is usually three bullet points. It could be three tips, three things, three ways. And then you just conclude. And then the relevance piece. So that's CPR. And I like to write my pitches using the relevance first, because what is news if it's not relevant? So all of my emails start with the relevance. So if it's summer season, talk about summer season. If you're pitching something for the holidays, talk about that. Maybe it's dropping in a statistic. Maybe it's talking about a TikTok trend. But you want to start with the relevance piece first so that you can quickly capture the attention of that journalist. Oh, so good. Yes, and I love your CPR method because it's simple, clear, uh, not complicated. And I think if you get too complicated or if you go too long, you're just going to lose. You're going to you're going to lose the meat. They they are so inundated. You want to catch attention fast. I love that you said start lead with the relevance, and get them what they need in bullet points, just really really quickly, so that they can determine right away. Swipe right, swipe left, right. If they're going to give you the time of day, why Gloria is PR even important, especially for experts in thought leadership for more of the intangibles because I've seen you work on both sides. You work with those who have like a physical product or a really definable service like a dermatologist and others who are who are maybe thought leaders and speakers and authors. Why bother with PR? Well, it's instant it's instant credibility, right? And and what is thought leadership if it's not credible? How do you define yourself as the go-to person in your niche? You don't do that with paid ads. And you don't do that with Instagram. First of all, it's not searchable. It's not SEO optimized. So PR is that holy grail because it gives you that searchability and it gives you that long-term visibility because I'm talking about SEO backlinks. 
My Instagram reels do not give me backlinks. My paid ads do not give me backlinks. Anyone can run an ad. But is everyone going to be able to be featured in the New York Times? Is everyone going to be able to be on a podcast? No, it takes a little bit of vetting. And so being able to have that visibility that's separate from just paid marketing will give your customers that trust and it will establish you as the authority so that you can have more doors open for you, whether it's for panels, awards, speaking, and all of those things are compounded, compounded assets for your business. I always like to think of it this way. Anytime you're doing anything as a CEO or a thought leader, are you doing busy work that you can delegate like Instagram and customer service and, uh, you know, video editing, or are you building long-term assets for your business? Now, creating a talk, giving a talk, being on a podcast, those are, to me, long-term assets that work for your business even while you sleep because it's, it's still something that compounds over time, and you can use that for future pitches and future opportunities. Oh, so good. Okay, so do you believe that marketing is also relevant and important, probably especially depending on the space that you're in? Um, but I guess in the ratio of things, how important is PR, which is a lot of ROE, right? A lot of more effort. It doesn't maybe cost you as much unless you're hiring, hiring somebody to help you with that versus the ROI of buying ads. Do you, do, you, do you recommend a blend or a focus on one or the other? I think if you're in the product business, definitely there is a place for ads. But I will say that with uh, tracking going away and also, you know, the fact that privacy policies, your ads are really, really going to be expensive and you're not targeting the right people. So it's just going to be a lot harder from a paid perspective. So if you have a lot of money, if you're a startup, if you have software, yeah, there's there's a whole avenue out there for you. But what's really going to have the customer buy, right? They're going to Google you. They're going to see what's your mission, what's your story, have you been featured, especially if you don't offer a software, especially if you're a thought leader and you're a provider, if you're in the, you know, a consultant, that's really what's going to help you beat out the competition. If I'm looking at a consultant and I'm comparing the two, they offer the same thing. Who is the one that has established their thought leadership? And that's going to be through PR, mm. not through better marketing or a better website. Uh, I'm so on board with you there because I, I, I let my speakers know all the time, you want to be Googleable. Like you don't want to be hidden. So when I Google your name, I want to see you everywhere. And um, that's a big reason why I advocate podcasts, especially top five percenters, right? And media and PR, because just on your own, your own social network or, you know, the engagements that you do here and there, a lot of times those engagements don't get a spot on a, a Google search or, or a search engine search, whereas PR and media always do, right? You're always going to come up in a search string. So that was a really, really excellent point. What is a way to approach, what's a, I guess what I'm asking is what's the wrong way to approach, to approach, let's say a media expert or a, um, somebody who is a reporter, those kinds of things with regards to, let's say I'm a thought leader, my topic is in getting your voice out there, making an impact through your voice. And I reach out to somebody who's clearly their whole mission and message is about child raising, right? How, how what's, what's a waste of time? What's a good use of time? And what closes doors versus open doors? 
Well, you want to make sure that it's relevant to what the journalist is covering. That's that's the, the basics. So I wouldn't pitch something about public speaking to someone who writes about technology, right? And you need to, that's what I mean by you need to do the work to make sure that the person you're pitching to has a history of writing about that. Um, a great way to break the ice is just to comment about their last article that they wrote. Hey, I loved your article that you wrote last week. It's super relevant for me. Here's why. You can send them a message on LinkedIn. You can send them a message on Twitter. Now with social media, it's, there's so many free ways to connect with journalists that it really is possible. And journalists want to hear from you. They do not want to lose journalism integrity. And the way that they can stay integrous is by interviewing people from all walks of life, constantly featuring fresh voices so that they're not the spokespeople of Fortune 500 companies. So they want to hear from you. They need to hear from you. And you know, it's, it's about time that you step into that power and really believe that and throw your name in the hat. Because why not you? Yeah. I always say to my PR students, why not you? Why not you? I love that. And do your homework, right? Which leads to the relevance. So that whole relevance piece that you talked about, lead with relevance. You're leading with relevance of why why you're relevant to them. But also in leading with, hey, I read your recent article on ABC. And this is why I feel like I would be relevant for your show. So um, any other tips or tricks with regards to researching them and getting getting kind of the insider insights onto who they are and, and what what maybe the pattern is on what they're looking for? Let's say, say they talked on a topic right now. Do they normally continue on a theme throughout the year? How do you kind of discern what would be relevant for a given so I really like to think of relevance in a couple ways. One of them is seasonal relevance. So that's like winter, summer, and then there's also policy relevance, right? Is there something in your industry that's a new policy or a new regulation? And that's always going to be relevant, whether it's on the state or federal level. Are there any new findings and research reports? You can piggyback on that. Another way you can find your relevance is what are the big Fortune 500 companies doing? Can we piggyback on a bigger news article, but just offer a different viewpoint? So those are all the ways that you can become relevant. Uh, you can you can bring in third-party data. We had someone who is a speaking coach for introverts, and she got featured by literally saying in her email, according to this research, introverts are better suited for certain C-level positions, and here's why. And here are three tips as an introvert uh, advocate to help your readers who are introverts really make an impression at their next holiday party. So there's all different ways you can come up with different angles, but they really kind of fall into those buckets. So it takes some thought, no cut, no cutting and pasting, right? It is a numbers game, but it, you always need to make it feel relational and personal. Well, you um, can copy and paste once you have a really good pitch. So in my program, right, you're not writing a hundred different pitches for a hundred journalists, but once you write a really good and solid pitch, you can pitch that for multiple people who write that, that beat, that specific topic. Right, right. So this sounds like it could take a lot of time. Like you can invest quite a bit of time pitching yourself to all the different, because there's, I don't know if there's a, a, a final number of how many media outlets are out there. So really honing into the ones that are relevant to you and that your information is relevant to and begin pitching. So it can feel like, wow, I just don't have that time. Where are areas in business that you actually save time where you might be able to swap that out for these efforts? Well, we help you do that in my program so you're not ever Googling anything. But I always say um, it's not about what we don't have time. It's how you're spending your time. So all that time you're spending writing one blog post that maybe three people will read, I'd rather do 
spend that time and write a really good pitch and pitch to 10 different podcasts. Here's why. If I can get onto one podcast, that's 20 pieces of content I can repurpose. Using one video podcast, I can create YouTube shorts. I can create clips, reels, Instagram lives, audiograms, carousel posts, and newsletters and blogs. So I'm always thinking about how can I work harder and leverage my time. And to me, making 10 different reels on social media is not worth my time. It's not searchable and it gets no views. So I would rather pitch all day and then repurpose that for the other buckets of marketing. So it's really about rethinking how we do our time. For me, PR is not another thing to add to your your list. It's probably the most smartest thing that you can add that's going to give you the best ROI for your time because then you can, again, reuse that for so many other parts of your marketing. Mm-hmm. That was gold. And really, um, you've alluded to this already, and I just want to reiterate that anybody, anybody can be featured. It's all about the approach and the relevancy, right? It's just like, oh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not already A, B, and C, not already recognized. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for, would my audience be interested in what you bring to the table? So that, and it's your job to, to make sure to pitch it in that way. And Gloria is, is a queen when it comes to helping you really put a, a solid pitch together. I would say always personalize it to a certain extent. Um, but the core of that pitch does not need to be rewritten for every pitch that you make. If you make 10 a day, 20 a day, and it's, it is a bit of a numbers game, um, you need to be patient and tenacious and not just feel like, ah, oh, I sent out 10, I'm going to sit back and just see who answers me back, right? It's still, even though we've got Gloria's methodology now, it still is a numbers game. So. Yeah, I mean, same thing with making reels on Instagram, except you don't control that. <laughs> you have less control of that. Same thing with ads. And the thing about the pitching is that it compounds. So you're getting SEO traffic, you're getting backlinks. And then if you get onto one podcast, not only do you have 20 pieces of content you can repurpose for your own social media, but then you can get onto other people's podcasts who are in the network of that same podcaster. It's as easy as saying, hey, I love this chat so much. Can you recommend three people who could benefit from you know, me sharing this value to their audience? And so it keeps going. And that's what I mean by PR is a thing that really compounds and it's the highest leveraged use of your time as a CEO. So relevant. So good. So tell me a little bit about, just really quickly, the difference between earned media and paid media and everything in between, right? So what is the value of earned media, which takes a lot more of your effort versus paid media, which maybe takes more out of your pocket? So paid media is an, is, is an ad. So if let's say me and you are reading an article and I see an ad. Is that going to really persuade me to work with someone? No, because it, it's going to say advertising content. Earned media is at, editorial is you using the CPR method, creating a pitch, positioning yourself as someone with an insight, and then you get featured in the New York Times as someone who's offering ex- expertise. It's a completely different uh, ball game. You can have both, obviously. There's room for paid and there's paid room for earned. But earned is going to be the most credible, most searchable, most long-lasting, and that's why that's really kind of the grand prize, if you will, because it's got that credibility. Anyone can do paid media. Right? I can run an ad tomorrow in the New York Times. But Am I going to be featured in an article? Is a journalist going to vet me and say, you know, I like what she has to say. I'm going to interview her on a story about healing or something. So I think that uh, those are the main big differences. I think there is a t- room and time for both. But I will say that the most profitable businesses, the most respected businesses, they all have that earned media. I'm seeing a lot more hybrid pop up, even with 
podcasts where you actually pay to be on the podcast, but they still have to vet you. And by vetting you and bringing you on their show, they're still endorsing that you're somebody to listen to, right? Whether or not they agree with all of your content, they're still... So what do you feel about... Uh, even magazine articles. Um, so nowhere on it it says advertisement, but there's a fee to maybe pay. No, they have to. They have to say that they there's either an affiliate thing or it. They can't. They have to disclose it first of all. So even if they don't say that it's paid, it's in the fine print somewhere, or it's saying that this is they get they earn affiliate commission. So automatically, as a as a reader, right, you can interpret it how you want. But if I know that. A, a podcast or an outlet is taking money for it, probably not going to trust their recommendation as much. And I think that's why a lot of outlets like Forbes are diluting their brand because there's a lot of kind of the pay-to-play things where you can pay and you can write an article. So I don't think it's as credible. So it's up to the it's up to the reader and the audience to discern. But for me personally, if I knew that someone was paying to get on a podcast, then you know, I would I would maybe reconsider that. I would say, okay, they they are vetted, but they also paid, so maybe they have certain resources that has allowed them to get there. Right. And that's so good. And it's getting harder and harder to spot. There's whole magazines Mm -hmm. out now. And maybe in the very back or the very front in small letters, it says that this is a paid magazine, whatever it might say. But it's sometimes difficult to even see that. But in my point of view, a lot of emerging speakers, emerging thought leaders are getting fleeced, you know, $10,000 and we'll put you in five magazines and they're all paid you know, there are all these like throw together magazines that it, I can spot them a, a mile away, right? I know that this isn't an actual magazine. This is people paid to get their. And no one read. reads those magazines. No one is no one is caring about those weird award categories <laughs> of forty under forty or fifty under forty. No one recognizes that. So I, I think our customers are more discerning than ever. Yeah. And we know we know when you've paid for something. Yes, ah, really good point. Really good point. Okay, really quick, wanted to touch on gift guides because you're really big on gift guides. Are gift guides relevant for thought leaders, those who have information um, versus a product to sell it? Have you seen that utilized in an effective way? Well, it all depends. Do you have something that's giftable? If the answer is yes, is yes, why close yourself off to it? I'll give you an example. We have a photographer and she was on Well and Good and she got a huge spread and we basically thought out of the box and we pitched her boudoir photography as a self-empowerment gift to give yourself this Valentine's Day. And she, it was a beautiful full-page story with her beautiful photography. And it was all about women's empowerment. So, you know, it's not typically what you think about a gift guide, but she still was featured. And now she has SEO going back to her website. Anyone that Googles her, you can see that. So, I mean, you tell me, right? It depends on if, if your service is something that can be gifted, then you can definitely finesse an angle for it to work for that season or that holiday. Ah, yes. And I, I've been trying to, to think of ways that I might be able to utilize that. And I haven't spent enough time or energy to think about that. But um, there are definitely, you can get creative, like really put your thought to it. And there's always a way. So tell me a little bit about your small business PR podcast. I am a listener. I'm a fan. I'm a follower. I love it. Who's it for? What kind of people do you bring on there? And um, and also, who are you? Who are you looking for for guests? 
So my podcast, Small Business PR, is all about making PR and marketing accessible to the everyday small business hero. We demystify what PR is. We get real journalists from top tier outlets like Business Insider and Refinery and Wall Street Journal. And we ask them the questions that you can't Google. So we ask them like, what is the right way to connect with you? What is the worst pitch you've ever gotten? Um, all, all the things, because I really believe that everyone should be seen regardless of how much money or, or not that you can pay an agency. So it's about demystifying PR. I also talk a lot about mindset because the number one thing that stops small businesses from actually ever pitching and seeing that this is opportunity is available for them is the mindset. We talk a lot, a lot about mindset. We also go into actionable strategies on when to pitch when. So I t- we talk about you know Q1 angles. We, we talk about gift guide angles. We talk about seasonal angles. I also sometimes read the worst pitches I receive. <laughs> so from, and of course I don't say their names, but I will read word for word the pitches I receive for my podcast so that you can avoid those mistakes. So I really have a great time with it and I hope you can tune in because there's lots of different episodes for anyone who's interested in more visibility. It's an excellent show. I love hearing from you coupled with the actual person who's out there fielding those pitches, right? You're fielding them for your podcast. They're fielding them maybe for a magazine or for for a news station, whatever it might be. And it's just a really great blend. So definitely look up Gloria's show. I will make sure that the link is in the chat. Um, and I, it's really interesting that you said timing because we were just talking about gift guides. You don't start pitching gift, gift guides right before the holiday, right? It's months before you want to approach them or else you're, you're out for that year. They already have that set, um, who it is that they're going to feature. Not necessarily because there's really? a lot of last minute gift guides, especially if it's digital. We, we had, we have so many founders who pitch like a week before to get onto last minute Christmas gift guides. Like how many times like raise your hand if you've been guilty. I'm one of them where you just like are very last minute. So there's always a story and there's even stories after Christmas on how you can spend your gift cards. Ah. So I actually talked to the shopping journalist who writes like 60 gift guides. And she says that, She's getting pictures all year round and she's writing stories all year round. Even even last minute digital gifts like the day of Christmas for people who are really like real procrastinators like me. <laughs> well, I stand corrected. I I would think that you would need to be pitching them in June or July to be maybe your chances for print. Shift. If you want to be in a magazine, yes, that's yeah. print. But for most of the time we want digital because it's searchable and you can easily share it. So if it's if it's a digital magazine, then you can pitch much sooner. But if it's a print magazine, like, you know, if you're shopping at a grocery store and you're picking up that physical magazine, then yeah, it would be in June. Okay. All right. Quick, quick. How can people get a hold of you, especially if they're interested in your CR, CPR method and really digging deeper with you? So you can watch the live on-demand masterclass where I go and much more detail about the CPR, the structure of a pitch. I actually show you that photographer's pitch that got her featured in Well and Good. You can go to GloriaChowPR.com slash masterclass. That's Gloria, C-H-O-U-P-R.com slash masterclass. I'm also on the social media, so you can DM me on Instagram at GloriaChowPR. And actually, if you DM me the word pitch, I will give you a free pitching freebie to help you along your journey. Oh, do that. Do that, guys. She's amazing. Okay, so final question. What so the show this show is speak packed and it's all about making a pact together to make your greatest impact in this world. From the angle of PR and media, what is a challenge that you can leave my audience with today? Ooh, I always say everything you want is on the other side of that send button. Keep pressing send on those emails, on those requests. So my 
challenge to you is get five rejections this week. Ooh. Because that just shows that you've actually done the work to press send and it's a numbers game. And the more you're comfortable with getting a rejection, which many times is just silence, you'll realize it's just a part of the process. And that's how I had to, I had to get through those thousands of rejections to come up with my method that now helps thousands of entrepreneurs. So get, get that send button going, get five rejections, and you'll realize it's really not a big deal. Just, just keep at it. Keep at it. Keep I'm going to take you up on that. I'm gonna, uh, I accept the challenge. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> right? Begin to really embrace and love the rejections because that means you're out there doing the work. And for, for every five rejections, hopefully, or however many objections, you will wind up getting yeses, just like you, right? You just kept at it. And, um, and you're going to hit the right person at the right time. Sometimes it's all about timing, not, not necessarily rejection at all. It's just you didn't hit it quite right for whatever reason. Excellent insights. So appreciate you being with us today, Gloria. And look forward to hopefully having you back at some point. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll say ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the Speak Packed podcast. To become a recommended speaker of Antoniet's WPC Speaker Agency, or you are a host or planner looking for a dynamic expert in optimized performance, Antoniet would like to personally meet with you. Secure a time with her at speakerbooker.com. Again, that is speakerbooker.com. It all begins with a vision, a voice, and a packed to impact. Join the Speak Pact movement by joining our new private Facebook group at the link in our show notes. Find us on nearly every social media platform at One Antoniet. That's number one, A-N-T-O-N-I-E-T-T-E, or simply hashtag Speak Pact.